Attention, everyone. This is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn on your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Rock Out Loud. I'm Steve Glosson. Glad to be along with you. And I'm really excited about this episode that you're about to embark on with myself and, of course, the co-host of Rock Out Loud. You know what? The brains behind the operation, the driving force of this podcast. She's the one that keeps, as much as this crazy train tries to go off the rails, she's the one that keeps it on the rails. She's my good friend. I call her the rockin'est chicken all the land. Ladies and gentlemen, Kristen from Jersey. What up, Kristen? Hi, everybody. I'm high-kicking. I'm ready to do splits. Like, let's do this. I hear you. High-kicking and ready to do the splits. <laughs> the backwards kicks. You know, any sort of samurai things. Sure. Sure. Well, you know what? Well, we'll talk about it because I, I'm probably going to say some things that are going to get me in trouble on this episode. Not with you. But maybe with some other listeners. Oh, so snap. so I'm pretty excited, and it has to do with the high kicks and the splits and everything. Ah! So we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, as as we do, uh, we're going to be talking about Van Halen in this episode. It's our Van Halen part one, and it's we're just going to be focusing in on the old David Lee Roth years of Van Halen. The first the first go around, not this second like farewell tour or whatever they did, and um. And we're not going to go full behind the music with you, but we are going to be talking about some of the, some of our favorite songs from some of those early tunes between the years of, oh, I don't know, 1978 and 1984 when Van Halen broke big for everyone. One number one hit in all those albums. As much as play as all the other stuff gets, Kristen, one number one hit in the midst of all of those albums. Very similar to, uh, you know, another band that you and I very much love, sure. One Def Leppard. Sure, sure. Well, speaking of Def Leppard, um, I don't know if we want to go here right out of the gate, but there's a little bit of news happening. Mm-hmm. And and I, to me, the biggest news was not the eclipse over the past couple of weeks. The biggest news was this article in Rolling Stone. Right? Since um, when does Rolling Stone show any love to 80s bands? Well, they, they did in this particular article... And I, I haven't really gone all the way through it just because it's a slideshow, and I hate slideshows. And it takes forever to go through them, which is annoying. But mm-hmm. I kind of remember the gist of it. Sure. Um, but, I mean, right out of the gate, they're number one. Uh, they, they chose as the number one greatest hair metal album of all time, uh, Def Leppard's Hysteria. Weird, right? It just feels weird to read that. <laughs> but I know, I, I know that for you, it was kind of a big deal. I saw you tweet about it, and I, and so I had to check it out and see what see what was what. And and again, as we um, as we said, I, listen. If I can just say, if, if there's anyone who um who listens to this show that has anything to do with any type of web design, I know it's all about the clicks and the extra clicks through you get when you do these slideshow things. If you're going to have a slideshow, don't gum up the rest of the website with your ads and stuff. Make sure that 
that you don't need a brand new computer to be able to sling through these things with no issue whatsoever. The slideshows are some of the most annoying crap in the world because every time you click on a page, you're going to get another pop-up ad, something's going to come on the side. So just, you know, don't sell chill. out to the man. Yeah. Yeah. Just chill. Yeah, so. I don't know. Like, this list, like, eh, I don't know. It kind of bought, like, the whole hair metal, like, vert, like, term mm -hmm. kind of annoys me mm -hmm. because a lot of people use that to like talk smack and like I'm not about that because um I love I love this music and like Def Leppard doesn't consider consider themselves a hair metal band and then I also find it weird that like they didn't include Appetite for Destruction right. which if okay you're including Hysteria by Def Leppard and some of the other stuff that they played you could probably hear fireworks outside I was going to say right Kristen now. I mean are you guys celebrating something out that way I mean, I live on the water, Steve. They're always just celebrating things. <laughs> oh, they're actually really big ones. Well, I mean, yeah, look at listen how loud they are. This isn't some tiny little bottle rocket someone's shooting out of a Coke bottle right now. No, this is like full full flaming balls with report, people. Oh, full flaming balls with report. All right. You know, it, it, but yeah, so like, I don't know. I feel like if you're considering Def Leppard a uh, quote-unquote hair metal band and like hysteria mm -hmm. in that genre okay well then you have to include appetite for destruction agreed 100 percent. came agreed. out of the exact same scene yep i i agree they've got uh, i'm, I'm kind of perusing here as best i can so in in, in number 44 they've got lick it up from kiss which was mm -hmm. the makeupless out yep um and and i don't know that i ever considered kiss a hair metal band even without the makeup no, but they get played on Hair Nation on Sirius, which get weird. Yeah. I don't know. There's just some stuff that's weird. Like, just because it came out in that time and it was rock doesn't mean that it was that. I feel like we're calling everything hair metal that is from that era. Yeah. And I, mean, I don't like it. I don't know that I do either, but also heavy metal, some of this stuff doesn't seem heavy enough to be heavy metal to me either. Like what? I don't know. I'm like Bon Jovi, Slipper and Wet, which is number three. Yes, yes. Hey, number <laughs> like, number forty, near and dear to my heart, Striper to Hell with the Devil. I mean, you have to. Mm-hmm. Now they were hair metal. I'm going to give Striper. I'm going to give them Striper on this one. <laughs> they were hair metal, and with with some pipes going going with that. Just kind of scrolling through some other things, and and as best as this thing will let me. Again, it's not the easiest website to to navigate. Well, let's talk about an omission, like a glaring omission. Uh, bon Jovi's New Jersey is not on this list. That is weird. Where on the list is Bon Jovi's New Jersey? No, not in the top 50. So there are, like, Bon Jovi, New Jersey, which we have, like, shown so much love to on this sure, podcast. Sure, Mostly because it's my favorite Bon Jovi album. Like, so much love. Not even in the top 50. Are you kidding me? Born yeah. to be my baby, living in, I'll be there for you. Mm -hmm. Love for sale. Homebound I mean, train, not in the top 50. They're on drugs. And let's talk about I'll be there for you. I mean, one of the greatest love songs of all time, if not the of greatest love time. song of all time. <laughs> so I I don't know if I'm the only, you and I are the only per people in the world that appreciate that statement for things, um, the way it gets thrown around. What are the top 10? Again, all right, now the, now the website has absolutely crashed on me. So... <laughs> Way to go, Rolling Stone. Here, you vamp. I'll, I'll try and yeah. see it on my thing. So, I, yeah. Who do you think? How about who do you think are in the top ten? Um, Besides the ones I already told you. I mean, I, I feel like I feel like Cinderella should maybe be in there. Okay. Um, 
I don't know if they should be, but I feel like they would be. Um, All right, I, I have it pulled up if you want me to uh, start this. Yeah, let's let's do this. Let's go through those top ten. All right, number ten, Cinderella, Long Hold Winter. Yeah. Number nine, Motley Crue, Too Fast for Love. Uh, okay. One of the only full Motley Crue records that's actually worth anything. Number eight, Kicks, Blow My Fuse. That was the big one with huh. Don't Close Your Eyes on it. Don't close that. That's a ballad, right? Power ballad. Of, of course. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number seven, Faster Pussycat, self-titled record. Huh. Uh, number six, Rat Out of the Cellar. Huh. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I know, kind of crazy. Um, but you know what deserves to be there. I mean, in the top, rat, but in the rat top ten, huge band. I mean, for if you're thinking of like '80s metal bands, like who were like, if you think like, okay, would Rat be in your top six of bands that you're gonna name? Not of your favorite, just in like biggest. I don't know. Maybe I guess. See, I think Rat. I don't like Rat, but I'm saying I think that I would definitely list them in the ten in the top ten. Uh, number five, interesting choice, Skid Row, self-titled record. Again, don't really consider them hair metal. Really. Yeah, no. Not that you don't not really not really that you don't consider them hair metal, but really oh. they're in the their number the Skid Row's number five. What what songs came off that album? Do you know off the top of your head? That's the big one. That's Youth Gone Wild, that's Eighteen in Life, I Remember You, Big Gun, Sweet Little Sister. That's like their big album. Okay. But, uh, but is and it's it... the more poppy of their popular records because then they came out with Slave to the Grind, which was basically a thrash record, and it's amazing. But is it top five? Is Skid Row's I mean, is that top five? Um, I mean, it is really good. Okay. It is really good. Uh, number four, Shout Out the Devil by Motley Crue, their best album. Um, so you got two, you got two crew albums in the top ten. Yeah, weird, right? Um, number three, Slippery and Wet. Mm-hmm. Number two, Poison, Look What the Cat Dragged In, mm, obviously. I mean, yeah. look at that, look at that album cover. <laughs> is that the one with all four of them on there? Of course it is. It's Ricky Rocket okay. looking prettier than I'll ever look in my entire life. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Like, literally, like, I would, I, if I looked like that, I would be 100% okay with life and how everything has turned out for me. Uh, and then number one, we've already, we've already, you know, pulled the curtain back on that one. Def Leppard Hysteria. Well, let me ask you this. Now, um, when you're talking about this, did, did White Snake, did a, did a White Snake album crack the top 50 for them? I think think the 87 record did mm-hmm. let's look let's see if it's in the top 20 i mean i would feel it would have to be in the top 20 uh all the freaking pop-ups all right i just finally pulled this out a little bit so i'm looking here number 19 they've got cherry pie warrant uh-huh okay. warrant is a great band and they have oh there you go 12 white snakes self the, okay. the 87 record but yes cherry pie i actually think cherry pie should be higher okay but i'm okay that dirty rotten filthy stinking rich also by warrant is actually higher than cherry pie okay because good. dirty rotten filthy stinking rich is the better record well and i see his uh, i see pyromania is at number 17 yeah weird hmm uh twisted sister hit that number 16 spot with stay hungry mm-hmm. there i mean that's definitely hair metal quiet riot hair metal no i see i don't think so either but mental health, mental health will drive you mad. Bang um, your head. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So White Snake, their self-titled album from 1987, got in there as you said at number 12, 
in Tesla Which number 11. Which is being released in box set form later this year. Oh, yeah? what is Now, what does box set form mean? What happens well, there? Well, it's, it's the 30th anniversary of it. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's going to be, um, like, a live DVD, I think a live CD, like a, a mini documentary. But it's going to be weird oh, wow. because it's only going to be with David Coverdale. We've had this discussion on this show before mm-hmm. about how John Sykes is, like, completely just written out of White Snake history. So, I mean, it'll be interesting. I think I think in October is when it comes out. So we'll see if uh, if any um, rumblings start to happen in the world of the 87 lineup of uh, White Snake. So are you, I mean, obviously Hysteria we love, and I know you a- absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, are you okay with them doing the, saying it's the number one of all time? I mean, how would you, if it, let's say, take the hair metal out of it. And just say number one metal band of all, or metal album of all time. Well, of all time, no. But if it's like eighties, like 80s if we're talking metal, okay. like eighties metal, mm-hmm. I mean, Hysteria is definitely the cream of the crop. Yeah. Like you can't prove me otherwise. I think on our first, um, on our first show, on our first Def Leppard show that we did, um, the oh my gosh, the marathon for, mm-hmm. I think you asked me what is the better record, Hysteria or um, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And I go back and forth, and forth on that all the time. Okay, Like, I don't know what I like more. But in terms of, like, impact and um, influence and all that stuff, Hysteria is definitely the more impactful record. I tell you what I find, my, out of those two, what I find myself listening to more is Hysteria. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I, but I feel like you're more of a Def Leppard guy anyway. Like I know you love Bon Jovi. Sure, sure. But I totally feel like you're a bit more of a of a Leopard guy. I think I think that's truth. I think there's a lot of truth to that. Um, but yeah, so maybe maybe that is maybe that's where that bias comes down. Whereas you <laughs> whereas you love all your babies equally. Um, ah, I don't know about that because <laughs> I love Def Leppard now, and Def Leppard has continuously put out great music. Right. Bon Jovi has stopped doing that yep. and have done some things in the past that have really ticked me off as mm-hmm. a fan. So I just choose to believe that Bon Jovi just stopped making music after like 2001. Right. Uh, listen, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay with that take on this whole thing. Um, speak Hysteria, did you get caught up in the Eclipse Hysteria? No. Not at all. I was yeah. so sick of it. Like, ugh, everyone was talking about it. Who cares? Well, um, a lot of people did and uh and there were people crying over it this is going to be my thing for the next two weeks there were people who cried over the eclipse on tv why uh there was a lady on the weather channel who cried about it and not not just not not someone randomly they had a shot of they were talking to one of the anchors who was doing the coverage in oregon um she gets choked up starts crying and she tries to pitch it to jim cantor you know number one weather channel weatherman and it doesn't go the pitch does not go to him he does not pick up on the pitch to him. And so she just stands there looking in the camera with tears rolling down her face, basically. And um, and finally, I'm so sorry. I thought we were going to jail. And then there was this guy. There was a reporter out of Chicago. They sent down to Iowa, I think, where he was, where he would be in the path of totality. And, uh, and as he's talking about it, he's like, there are people getting emotional here, and I can't explain it. And he just starts, like, spontaneously getting choked up. And, and then... And starts to sound like old Harry Carey calling the ball game. He's like, oh we're going to send it back to you guys now. Hey, I just don't understand. And I'm, he's like, I'm so sorry, guys. And he sends it back to him. And I'm like, what? wow. 
I mean, it's an amazing display of nature, don't get me wrong, but man, people went nuts about this thing. Yeah, um, like, we know that's going to happen. Yeah. Well, like, but, it, it's going to happen. Sure, sure. Like, they've got it down to the day when the next one's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, it, it happens like clockwork, everybody. Um, but Bonnie Tyler was on a boat. Sounded uh, awful. Did you hear that? I've not heard it. No, I, I was scared to because I don't want I don't want Bonnie Tyler to be diminished in my... <laughs> yeah, Steve, I'm telling you right now, don't listen to it. Oh, was it that bad? So it's, yeah. it may be worth it. Uh, but also, oh, Ozzy did a little performing in the eclipse. Um, he was, yeah, they rolled him on out on stage. Yeah, he was at, at, a, at an event called Moonstock. And uh, he, sang, he ended up singing Bark at the Moon. So here's a little bit of that action here. You can we go live. We're taking out to, to Moonstock. And the person with the camera had to show you the sun. Oh, the sky's getting dark. Oh, this is amazing. It's happening so fast. Like, it's just getting dark. Everyone's going nuts. Oh, wow. Um, and there goes the sun. The moon is now in front of the sun. I gotta tell you, they, it the eclipse seems a lot more metal when Ozzy's singing "Bark at the Moon." <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it was perfectly timed. Yes, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna tell you something. The eclipse took on a very eerie feeling as you're listening to Ozzy. Seeing dark the moon as the whole place goes dark. That's not that's not a great feeling. And that shredding guitar. Yeah. Well, they had him. They had his vocals really potted up in that mix because so this is just off of someone's you know camera, and and they had his vocals really potted up in that mix. And you know you can tell that he's old and he's and he's not he doesn't have it like he used to, but he doesn't. Obviously, Ozzy was never the shrieker. You know he was never he was never hitting those big notes necessarily. So. He he didn't sound too bad for an old man. No, I mean I like the thing with Ozzy is that I feel like um like you expect it to be a train wreck mm-hmm. and then you hear it and you're like okay he sounds like he's supposed to sound mm-hmm. it's kind of weird. Yeah, Ozzy, I I've, I know that they the, you know that his family did real well off of that reality show and everything, but unfortunately, I think he just made a parody of himself by by being on that show and being as messed up as he was all the time not that he was his his, he just seemed like he was fried out from everything that he'd ever done and and he took away the mystique there was no oh that guy bites the head off bats anymore well when you see him going through the kitchen trying to find a snack and getting frustrated not being able to open a tupperware bowl and you know having sherry you know when you just 
it really he kind of parodied him parodied himself unfortunately but um my favorite thing is still when he had the bubbles when Sharon tried to get him to have bubbles on, oh, stage, on stage. He's like, I'm the prince of darkness. Evil, evil, evil. And you have them blowing bubbles. <laughs> I do remember that one. I so do. good. <laughs> uh, all our comic book nerds out there are going to love this. Iron Maiden's um, got a comic book coming out. The first issue of uh, what's called the Legacy of the Beast series will come out on October 11th. Uh, other issues will come out monthly starting uh, or going through February of 2018 um, they're an extension of I didn't realize this they had a video game yeah Maiden is like super into like all this stuff Are, which it surprises me that we don't get more like emails tweets whatever about people being like yo what, what about Maiden though that's true well I hold on I always get it confused <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Who did... Okay, good. Maiden. They did this. Uh, we <laughs> did do the Run to the Hills parody on our on our Star Wars Rebels show. Okay. Um, which is some... Which is fun stuff. It's all... Add, uh, Granddad, I know you're not into the Star Wars mm -hmm. um, as much as the rest of us, but Grand Admiral Thrawn, who is one of the greatest characters to come out of the novels from back in the 90s and everything... Um, found his way into the Star Wars Rebels show. And so everyone was just totally stoked, you know, and, and because it's like, oh my gosh, you know, Grand Admiral Thrawn, this is huge, Thrawn's on here. And there was an episode where it actually showed him training with some um, with some robots. And, and there was an, and we were talking about it on, on, the, pod, on the podcast and everything. And, and I started saying... When he first showed up, I started saying they need to just have Iron Maiden playing and run to the hills because Thrawn's coming. And so then we started to make a parody out of it. And our friend Shaz Bazaar actually cut a whole song. And I asked for someone to take that song and, and then the scene where he's actually training with those robots like hand to hand, like, uh -huh. like make it as though he's listening to that while he's training. And it got, and someone did, and it got put on YouTube, and it's great. Here, this is just a quick taste of it. It's Thrawn Aims to Kill. Thrawn Aims to Kill. Run for your lives. But Shaz did the whole That's song. Not bad. Oh, no. Shaz does a fantastic job, and he did the whole song, and it was. And it was great. So these guys, they're, they do the kiss thing, huh? They're doing comics, they got a video game. Well, I mean, think about it. Like, Maiden has always been super visual. Like, mm -hmm. you have Eddie, who's basically their mascot that changes, like, aesthetically with each album. Like, they're definitely into that, like, graphic arts yeah. and, like, digital geeky universe. And I think it's so cool. Sure. So I had to include that in our rock news. Yeah. So check it out. It's coming out. Who's? Let me see who's pu who's publishing this. Um, it doesn't say they're... Uh, heavy Metal is published heavy metal ceo jeff Krellett says heavy metals near half century long history of either working with or launching the careers of only the most accomplished artists continues here with the amazing team iron maiden has working on this series so check it out if you're if you're a maiden fan if you're into their if you've played their video game i'd like to know how that went for you because that's interesting um it's always weird when these when 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 these uh, when these bands and and people do these these licensed video games and stuff because you know 
Well, like there was a Journey Atari game back in the day. Yep. In a video, and it just wasn't good. If I'm well, I mean, honest. it was Atari too. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, you can't expect a ton. Mm-hmm. So, well, no, I guess not. Uh, can you not though? I mean, you're paying good money. Well, this was my favorite piece of news um, to come out of everything, Kristen. Uh, this... <laughs> I, I I think I'd heard about this or seen this, but I did not watch it. And so I'm so glad that you, that you threw this in some show notes to kind of discuss real quick, because you know how much I love mashups. Oh, yeah. And, um, and, and a live mashup is that's the that's the dream right that's the unicorn and then a lot well no that's the dream but the unicorn is a live mashup done by artists who actually perform the original songs being mashed up mm-hmm. in this case um it would be smells like teen spirit and never gonna give you up <laughs> like that can't possibly work Mm-mm. could it no this is right out of the rock sugar playbook and and it was the foo fighters and Rick Astley on stage. So if you check this out, beware in the first uh, 32, 33 seconds, uh, there's a couple of F-bombs dropped. We won't play those, but we'll bring you right here to at least the first verse into the chorus here. Here we go. Let's see what's happening here. Oh, my Atlanta. Why am I not? Why is there no sound? What's going on? Fine. I'll just take it straight over to this side. Sorry, everyone. All of a sudden... Oh, live shows. Yeah, live shows. This didn't want to play. I don't know what's going on. But it's amazing what what happens. They bring out Rick Astley on stage. Dave Grohl does. What was Rick Astley doing at a Foo Fighters concert, by the way? Well, it was at the Summer Sonic Festival in Japan, which the Struts played too, by the way. Um, And Rick Astley had his own set that day, and I guess he was watching the Foo Fighters, or, like, he was getting ready to watch the Foo Fighters, and they went up to him, and they were like, oh, my God, dude, do you want to come out on stage and play with us? Oh, that's fantastic. Because Dave says in, like, the first, like, third, like, in the the part that we're not going to play, because there's a lot of cursing Mm -hmm, in it, mm -hmm. he basically says, like, I just met this guy two minutes ago. This is great. Well, I don't know why this why why I'm not getting any sound through here. That's weird. See, are you watching the direct link? Because I have sound. I'm on the I'm on the YouTube. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just bumped over to the YouTube. But every now and again, this stupid thing does this, and I don't know what the deal is. Um, let me turn this off real quick and see. We could just vamp. Never gonna give you up. Right. Never yeah. gonna let you down. Sing it, Kristen. No. Here we go. Let me get. Let me get back here and start from the.
yeah, there it is. <laughs> that happened. That is fantastic. I I really love. I I just dig Dave Grohl. I dig everything about him. He's got such a fun vibe about him. Um, that I I just I've all I, I just dig what he brings to the table. So and and Rick Astley still got that voice on him, man. He released a new album uh, not long ago, and um, not good. The stuff I heard off of it, not good at all. Oh, really? Yeah. My friend just went to see him and was front row, and I was like, do you even know like another Rick Astley song other than Never Gonna Give You Up? And he oh, was sure. like, yeah, of course I do. Yeah, Together Forever. <laughs> Which sounds just like, that. Together Forever and Never Two Part. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just, it sounds just like Never Gonna Give You Up. Okay. But didn't he do that uh, Cry for Help song? That slow Audience, song? Do it. Do, does he? Does, does he do it? <laughs> All I need is a cry for help. Yeah, that one. Right? Didn't he do that one? I don't know why you're asking me. I'm sorry. I like One Direction, Steve, not Rick Astley. Oh, that's right. I forgot you like One Direction so much. <laughs> totally forgot about that. Oh man, we can't go. We can't go two weeks without recording, or I forget these things. I know. See, this is why we have to get on a weekly schedule. Well, I got to tell you, I, I do appreciate you giving me last week off, as I had an outstanding trip that we'll be talking about on Geek Out Loud pretty soon. So stay Ooh, tuned for all the information on Geek Out Loud coming your way, right here on the Goliverse. Um, we've got a couple of emails about our topic tonight, I believe, don't we? We do. They are very long. All right. People had things to say. Thank you. Yeah. Jason I Hackett. Think. No, well, Jason Hackett even puts a warning in. Long letter ahead. Love your show. It's better than old school music video commentaries by Beavis and Butthead. We are like the modern day Beavis and Butthead. I think we're a little bit more positive. Okay. I think we like things a little bit more. Okay. <laughs> I don't think we make fun <laughs> as, as much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um Now the the subject of this is defending a- Eddie Van Halen as if he needs it. And I'm like, did we did we dog on Eddie Van Halen? I mean, I said he was a one-trick pony, which I still stand by. Oh, wow. Okay. Um Remember we had this entire dialogue about it. But a one-trick pony? I don't remember you saying that about Eddie Van Halen. You said that about Eddie Van Halen. Okay. Fine. <laughs> What was his one <laughs> trick? What's his one trick? The whole I don't know. Like we'll talk, like we'll talk about it okay. tonight. I feel like it's a lot of the same. Now okay. he's he's really good and he influenced a ton of people. But but I mean there are better guitar players in my opinion. Okay. Randy Rhodes, I prefer. All right. Um he he he's a little older than me, so he tends to fall in line with my views a lot more than Kristen's. Uh, grew up in rural Nebraska and had to struggle to hear much rock music at all, uh, both because of lack of radio stations and an originally strict religious household. So we're kind of simpatico, me and old Jason Hackett. Uh, at the center of my musical taste has been and always will be Van Halen. Two of my best friends and I were huge Van Halen nuts right in the middle of the Van Hagar heyday. When we heard that the first new single from OU812 was going to debut on the radio, we gathered at my friend's house so we could tape it off the radio and then promptly hit the road to drive up and down the main street of our tiny town listening to Black and Blue 20 times. That's a small bit of my Van Halen fandom. 
So you can probably guess what's coming next. A rebuttal to Kristen's comment that Eddie Van Halen is a, quote, one-trick pony, unquote. I'll grant that he has a signature sound that's carried throughout his career, and several of his songs and solos from the first four albums especially had a lot of similarities. I uh-huh. even I even laugh about the horse whinny trick. He does roughly a quarter of all Van Halen's songs. <laughs> I know exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> But even that winning doesn't mean he's a one-trick pony. Listen to the variety in these songs, for which he's always the primary songwriter, and tell me there's not a wide variety. Can't Stop Loving You, Big Bad Bill, uh, a, a Political Blues, Human Beings, Finish What You Started, Right Now, Little Guitars, 316, Sunday Afternoon in the Park, When It's Love, Old Pretty Woman, Respect the Wind, Cathedral. All those might have been just Eddie messing around the studio. I could go on and on. Really, most of the Diver Down album could have made my point by itself. Eddie is a prodigious musician like very, very few of his generation. He's been the driving force musically for a band that's been around for 45 years. Has gone through three distinct eras. Original, straightforward, hard rock with David Lee Roth. More modern rock with lots of keyboards, variety, and more experimentalism with Sammy Hagar. And almost prog rock with Gary Sharon. Yes, that's a short-lived but forgotten era. But still, in addition to extremely memorable keyboard work, Eddie was crucial to the signature Van Halen background vocals along with Michael Anthony. He also played bass on Sammy's solo album, I Never Said Goodbye, and was deeply involved in the, de- in the development of two different signature guitar lines from PV and Fender as well as 5150 amps. Heck, the guy even managed to make a revving Lamborghini and a power drill part of his music. I don't think it's a stretch to say that he has, he's been as important to music over the last half century, if not more, than Prince. Hmm. I feel like that was a shot at me, Kristen. <laughs> That's okay. I've taken like 10. It's fine. They're not comparable in lots of ways, but they've both been once-in-a-lifetime talents who will be known for generations. Preferences and subjective likes or dislikes are perfectly fine. That's fine. That's fine. But I can't let a factual inaccuracy, inaccuracy like Eddie Van Halen is a one-note performer stand unchallenged. We fans just have to educate each other. Kind of like how you guys are helping me understand that all Def Leppard songs don't actually sound the same. Okay, that's fine. And while I'm drifting into controversial territory, can we all agree that C.C. DeVille from Poison is possibly the most simplistic guitar player of his era? No. Shut off some of that distortion, and he's practically a country guitarist. Sorry for the overly long letter, but you guys said you on email and are going to be focusing on Van Halen, so I figured I'd make it up for your recent drought and try to help the upcoming episode. A loyal listener patiently waiting for a Nelson reunion tour. (laughs) All right. Uh, That's Jason Hackett. Um, He makes a lot of great points, Kristen. Okay. Oh, okay. That's... (laughs) All right. Everything's subjective. Mm -hmm. That's true. I mean... mm. I Look... I also think Eddie Van Halen is one of like the biggest d bags ever. Uh, see, so, you. I'll, and, I'll say and, this. I will say this, Kristen. You let your musical taste. Oh, I one hundred percent do. But be, be I very, also still think that he's a one trick pony. Okay, but you very much let your musical taste be influenced by a person's personality. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's Liam Gallagher, and then I totally. That's well. It. Yeah. Okay. So all right. There's my theory blown out of the water. There. There's. <laughs> There's the exception of that rule. Uh, Randy Chang says, Hello again. Uh, This may need a bit of an explanation. Years ago, I was a regular listener to Starkville House of L podcast. Of course, when Smallville ended, I presumed that I would never again hear from the Shoe Gang. I didn't think much of it at the time. 
as I had various things going on in my life and a few other podcasts entertained me on my commute. Fast forward about a week ago when a lot of my usual podcasts had reached a lull or hiatus and I found myself jonesing for another podcast to listen to. After having listened to a series of Def Leppard themed episodes from Rock and or Roll and with the impending hysteria anniversary, I did a quick search and found Rock Out Loud. As I read the show description and saw the name Steve Gloss and I found myself wondering, is that the same guy? Lo and behold, I downloaded the episode and the most recent episode about guitarists. I'll get to that in a minute. And I heard the familiar southern drawl, and a smile started to spread across my face. Plus, in the middle of the hysteria episode, there was a phone call from none other than Derek Russell. I envisioned that the smile on my face now looked like the smile Janie Lane had when he was standing next to Bobby Brown in the Cherry Pie video. I didn't realize, yeah, I didn't realize how much I missed your banter and your insights, and I've started going to the archives, and now I'm enjoying the Rock Out Loud series. Sorry, Kristen. Why? Why is he apologizing to you, Kristen? Kristen has all the insights on this show, except for Rock Out Led, which is what I think he said. Oh, okay. Did I not? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he sure did. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a love letter to you, Steve. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just here. <laughs> on to your guitarist and shredding episode. I absolutely love that you started the episode off with Brian May, one of my favorites. Equally as fascinating as the story of Brian May's signature red special guitar. Only a few guitars themselves have reached an echelon of rock history, and Red Special sits there along with B.B. King's Lucille and Eddie Van Halen's Frankenstrat. If you ever have the inclination, I very much encourage you to dive into the history of Red Special. I'd never been a fan of the darkness. I didn't much like I believe in a thing called love. And Avenged Sevenfold has always been one of those bands that I wanted to listen to but never got around to. After your discussion, I'm willing to give the darkness another chance. I think you should. And now I desperately want to learn more about Avenged. One guitarist that you left off your list is one who definitely known around the rock circles, but probably not much outside. Nuno Betancourt. Mm. Nuno Betancourt. I just, I hate the band that he plays in. I'm sorry. Most famously known as the guitarist of Extreme. I know the band is primarily known for the acoustic ballad More Than Words, which actually has a pretty impressive acoustic guitar solo if you listen to the album version, I extended version. Nuno is a very impressive guitarist that has earned accolades among other musicians, Brian May included. I actually feel like if Brian May and Prince ever had a toured love affair, Nuno would be their love child. <laughs> and uh, he sends a clip to check out. I, I, we don't have time to get to the clip right now. It says, I'm enjoying Roll and please continue to rock on. And Kristen, I'll respect your right to be wrong about Led Zeppelin. <sighs> I'll respect your right to have awful taste in music. Hey now! <laughs> I, I respect your right too, Steve. Well, now wait a second. Hold on. <laughs> Don't don't just don't come for me with this Led Zeppelin ish. Oh my God, they're awful. Wh hold on, wait a second. You, <laughs> you knew this. Come I on. know, but you don't listen. Here, but we have you and I have this understanding that that I don't hate on my Chemical Romance. <laughs> you don't really have the opportunity. I don't. I don't have a, a rock out chemical podcast. Well, because that does not make any sense. That does not make a good pun at all. Rock out romance. Podcast. I would. I would. Yes, I would call it my my chemical. No, my chemical what? romance. My chemical romance. That's so good. Yeah. See. <laughs> so. It's just when I need her because she'll get in there and be like, "I'll do it." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to do something like that, I would fully support you. And. <laughs> And make sure those things got posted. I really would. Sure, sure. Because I, be I believe in you, Kristen. <laughs> I believe in what you bring to the table. Well, man, I'm glad that uh, you came back around, Mr. Chang. I've closed out the email, so I forgot your first name. Um, 
but uh, I'm glad you found us. Listen, Geek Out Loud was never gone, buddy. Geek Out Loud came back with a bang. You should check out the episodes with me and Derek on it and uh, I feel and like stuff. we talked about it a lot on on uh, Shoe too. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. I always back. plug. It's coming back. It's yeah. Coming back. Like in the Smallville days. Yeah. I always plug that mess. You better believe it. So we even have a few shoe episodes in the Goal Feed where Derek and I talked about some of the comics afterwards, and we had Brian Q. Miller on and stuff. So just a little bit of information for you to go back into the archives and dig around in, sir, and enjoy. I hope you enjoy. Um, all right, Kristen. Yes. Let's get into Van Halen. Let's do this. This is like three years in the making. It sure is. Um, Van Halen actually... Um, They'd been together for a few years before they broke, as most bands did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I saw different dates. I saw everywhere from like from from 1971 or 1974 is kind of when they were when they broke it when they, when they when they started playing gigs in front of people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they didn't get a record label and get an album out to the masses masses until 1978. Mm-hmm. Dave, I think it was Roth came in around 74, 76, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and so for the first eight years of their existence, seven, seven years of their existence, uh, they had David Lee Roth on leads. And so the world as a whole knows Van Halen uh, initially through, through the vocals of, of David Lee Roth. Um, and... You know, we we've talked on we we've done we did our vocalist episode. You know, where we where Kristen and I beat each other up over who were the top five vocalists of all times, and and one of and one of the things you know we left we left David Lee Roth off of there just because one of the things that we kept talking about was have they maintained have they maintained, and he's one that hasn't quite maintained. Um, But he was also a showman. I was going to say now if we did a top rock showman, yes different story i mean i look i'm gonna i'm gonna make a i'm gonna make a claim here and 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 i don't know how i mean but he's right up there he's not the showman of a freddie mercury but he's right up there in that category yep with the stuff he would do and and earlier on you were mentioned like the karate kicks and the splits and everything and this is where i'm going to probably make some people mad i feel like david lee roth was like elvis does it i can do it because if you remember, Elvis went through that phase where he's like having to show everybody when he's on stage doing his. He's like, I do karate, y'all, and and he was doing his little kicks and splits and stuff. Like, I mean, that a lot of Van Halen fans will tell you, like, Dave, no, just mm-hmm. just stop that. Like, we don't need a ten minute intermission of you doing samurai kicks. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and busting out like swords and stuff. Did you see? When they were, was it last year, year before last, when they were all kind of back together doing their thing? And I think it was, I think it was the year before last. Okay, and but they did a spot on Kimmel, I think. Oh God! And David Lee Roth like busted himself open. No. Yes. Yes. Oh my God! It's a thing that happened, and like to the point that. He kept performing, but he was like bleeding. Like he had to stop doing all the dance around anything. He was just bleeding into a towel. It ah! was fantastic. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it was bad. It was rough. But yeah, I think I can't remember. It was on Jimmy Kimmel Live, and I can't remember if like he hit himself in the face with uh, with his mic stand or something. He cut his nose during Panama. So yeah, he just got. 
he just got like cut open big time. Um, but as as would happen, you know, because Kristen maintains that the one trick pony, Eddie Van Halen. That doesn't mean he's not talented or good. But he, it just but means it, I think it's a lot of the same. It also doesn't mean that he's not a douche, huh? He totally is. Yeah. And and so... I can't believe you used that word on this podcast. Oh. Guys, like, Steve is blown my mind at the things that he said that I have not said on this podcast in these three years. Is that... <laughs> what? You just said it a while ago. I said D-bag. I don't think I oh, said I'm the sorry. whole word. I'm sorry. I didn't know... <laughs> Is that a, I didn't know, is that a bad word? I don't know, but guess what? If it flies, guess what? Yeah, Eddie Van Halen, I think he's a douchebag. Okay, that's fine. I mean, I didn't think that was a bad word. Um, <laughs> and if and look, we can be a little bit edgy on Rock Out Loud for crying out loud. I mean, I don't want to go into like you know cuss parties or anything, but we can be a little <laughs> edgy. Um, but yeah, so so Van Hay, so Eddie and David, who had a you know they they just kind of had a good chemistry. And in and back in the day in the early eighties, you know, all the videos you'd see were a lot of times these live video type things. And um and they had a good chemistry on stage, but apparently behind the scenes things were just going downhill until David Lee Roth finally just left after nineteen eighty four. And uh, Well, I mean, look at what Dave was. Like Dave was like the face yeah. of Van Halen. Sure, he was of this course. larger than life personality. And then you have, like, the Van Halen brothers that are a little on the quieter side. Mm-hmm. So I could see... I mean, I would find David Lee Roth annoying. Like, let's not leave the hate of, of you know, David Lee Roth. Not that I hate. But, like, I, like oh, my God. Like, I couldn't be around him back then. Have you seen interviews oh, from back yeah, then they of were... him? He's like Tommy Lee on a 10 all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. Mm-mm, no, ma'am. I am too <laughs> chill for that. <laughs> no, ma'am. No, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Very much. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, but they, I mean, when they hit, they hit big. And a lot of times you'll hear, and, and I'll be honest with you, Kristen went for the deeper cuts on this particular episode. Um, Shocked. Raise and, your hand. And, and I went classic. Steven went straight for the hits. Um, because there are a lot of them. And, and they get a lot of heavy rotation on your classic rock stations and that sort of thing. And... And it's like I told Kristen earlier on the chat, sometimes hits are hits for reasons. And, uh, you know, not always. Sometimes the reasons have more to do with, well, we just want this to be a hit. And then sometimes they actually are just naturally things that people enjoy listening to. So um, so you're going to get a pretty good mix tonight. Uh, first of all, first off, we're going to hit this Atomic Punk. Now, this is actually off of the Van Halen, right? Their yes. first album. I want yep. to make sure I've got the albums right in in my head because once again, I'm being throttled when we're doing live broadcasting for some reason, and I can't pull up all my, I can't I can't surf the, I can't use my Google Foo like I'm used to. Your Google Foo. Yeah, yeah, you know, like the ability to just Google and jump around to different things. Oh, the drop of a hat. Google Foo. Yeah. F U. Got you. No, 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 uh, uh-uh. no. Uh, <laughs> All right. So anyhow, well, this is off their this is off their self titled debut album. This is uh, Atomic Punk, and it's really good.
Whoa, that's why, yeah. That's why he wasn't on our best uh, vocalist that's podcast, right. guys. That's right. Whoa, yeah. Oh, it, look, that does that song does jam. I really like the way it opens up. And, oh, yeah, um, with, like, that choppy guitar? Yes, yes, yeah. And um, and you get into, uh, you get into, they, I mean, I guess they're called Atomic Punk because they do try to do that punk rhythm mm-hmm. in this particular song. Now, Van Halen, the initial album, it, it's it's gone diamond here in the U.S., four times platinum in Canada. It only reached 19, I say only, it reached number 19 on the charts back in the day, so, um, but no, no number one hits, no number one singles to come off of this album. Um, it was just the start. Now, some people would say probably, like, the, if not one of the best debut records ever in terms of a rock band. Oh, well, yeah, that's what I was about to say. We talked, you know, one of the, one of the things we talk about when we the times where we've done actual albums is we've talked about the first song. Yep. And when you drop that needle on the first song and with this, it's running with the devil. I mean, which I was going to include, but we've talked about that. On yeah. Podcast. I, I was the same way. I wanted to include, and I said, nah, you know, I'll let this one go this time around. But when you open up with running with the devil, number one, it's got that whole metal feel to it. Like, Oh yeah, the devil metal. And that bass. Yeah. Yeah. And um and it's just a good driving song and and then you from there you go into you know eruption really got me which I don't really care for you really got me if I'm okay. being honest I, I think maybe it's because <laughs> it's overplayed maybe uh, <laughs> yeah but Jamie's crying um is on this it, it's just so, and and then even the stuff that's aren't the big hits are really solid throughout like Atomic Punk like Ice Cream Man which we'll come back to. Um, Spoiler alert! Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, you know, but really from front to from the back, it's a pretty solid album, I think. Listening through, um, and it's also like thirty-two minutes. It is short. <laughs> Every song's like three minutes. Yeah, it, or it two. is short. It is short. It wasn't. It wasn't made to be bathroom music for the old DJs <laughs> back in the day. That's for sure. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, yeah, but I do dig Atomic Punk. It, it's one. I was glad when I saw you had this on your list because I was thinking, well, should I dip into some of the, you know, the not quite in rotation on classic rock songs? And um, and when I saw that you did that, I'm like, I'm just going to go with the hits. And then you thought, wait a minute, who do I podcast Exactly, with? exactly. We're good, we're good. Right, we're fine. Oh, yeah, that's what I said. I was like, <laughs> I was like, Kristen will do this. Oh, yeah. So. I will say too, like for me with Van Halen, like Van, I'm like the Steve in the Van Halen world, where it's just all about the feel. Yeah. Like there's, it's not like, oh my God, the lyrics tell these amazing, perfect, beautiful songs. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's not that. It's like I Mm-mm. dig this. It's got a good vibe to it. Yes. Well, look, and I'm not wanting to belittle the songwriting stylings of one Eddie Van Halen or anybody, but you're exactly right. Look, the, the the lyrics are exactly what you expect the lyrics to be from someone like David Lee Roth singing them. You're not going to get epic poetry from Van Halen. And that's okay. That's okay. They would do. They would try to do a little bit of that with Hagar and some stuff. But And there are some songs that hit me right in the old heart when we get down oh, to yeah. the Van Hagar years especially. So, you just uh, wait. We're probably going to have to fight over some songs. Oh, that'll be fine. That'll be fun. <laughs> that'll be good times. That'll be good times. No, I want that one! So... That's Atomic Punk, and, and and that's later on in the album. Before you get to Atomic Punk on the album, you got to go through 
uh, the aforementioned eruption. We'll play a little bit of this. So yeah, this this actually gets coupled on classic rock stations with the old uh, "You Really Got Me," and and quite honestly, the is kind of a letdown after all of this. When you get into "You Got Me Going," well, because this is like light the fretboard on fire, fingers flying up and down the. The uh, fretboard, and then you just go into da na 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 na, and it you slow it down. It gets like that sludgy, yeah, like, thick guitar. Yeah, like, and even even with the drums, the way the drums bring this in, and there's a quick little fill in the middle of it, you almost expect them to go into just a face melting song from this, and and you really got me's not that. Uh, and girl. You really got me going. Yeah. <laughs> you got me so I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, um, <laughs> so yeah, but but now here's what here's the thing. Imagine you got to put yourself back in 1978. You've gone out. You've you you've maybe heard a little buzz in maybe a magazine or two about this Van Halen group, and and you so you decided to 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 spend your hard earned money on the record. And and you drop in, you drop the old needle, you get through running with the devil, and you're feeling a little guilty because well you don't want to run with the devil, but you feel metal at the same time. And then and then eruption fires up, and you have to imagine that people who'd never heard. I mean, we have the we have the benefit of you know nearly forty years of eruption. Yes. And 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 forty years of Van Halen, nearly forty years since this album. And, and 40 years of everything that came out after it. Right. And so so it doesn't really smack us the way I think Eruption would smack someone listening for the first time. Does that make sense? No, totally. And I think that this solo, and, 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 and Eddie would do this on other albums, but I think this solo kind of is one of those things that solidify him as a guitar hero. It does, because term. people weren't really doing that style. Mm-hmm prior in terms of the like I mean the finger on the fret and all that right. stuff. I mean you'd had your you'd had your Jimi Hendrix come through, you'd had uh all kinds of great guitars come through that were very much a sconce though in that blues a little bit dirtier sound than this. I mean this is using every every type of distortion, every type of uh fret. There's some classical type guitar playing going on in there as well as that burning up and down the fret. And so I think that that this is kind of like Hello World I'm I'm Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> well, I mean the the Van Halen brothers, they do have that like classical thing ingrained in them because their mother wanted them to be classical piano players. Mm-hmm. 
So, like, they they are definitely from childhood. Yeah. Very musically, you know, they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Well, like the... <laughs> Like the Asian kid on the School of Rock. Oh my God! You love School of Rock, you know you do. I mean, I think I've seen it like one time. Oh come on! If you want, there's too much Led Zeppelin love in there for me, you know. Well, that's because they're the gods of rock. All right. <laughs> Lord help us. Well, that's the case. Well, let's let's go to uh, yeah, indeed, indeed. It's Mean Streets or Mean Street. If it'll play. Let me tell you something. That's a this is a great first track as well. Yeah. It's got that cool groove to it. It's another that one. Bass. Yes. Yes. It's just got such a cool little groove going with it with the bass and with the guitar kind of falling in there with the basses. You just kind of sit there and bob your head. And I don't care what they're saying. Um but they're singing about being on the mean street of somewhere. Mean streets of LA. They're trying. They're trying to hone in on that Bruce, that that Bruce Springsteen talk about the streets and everything. Oh, good lord! And you know, I'm, there's well, there's so many of those songs. Right, but listen, you can't, you can't do it like the Boss can do it. No one can. Come on, Van Halen, what are you doing? Bruce, Bruce, he's our man. If he can't do it, no one can. <laughs> hey, ho! If you're not Bruce, you've got to go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what I will say though, like, because obviously, like with Van Halen, everybody talks about, you know, Eddie and Dave and Sammy and Alex. But, like, let's take a minute and talk about Michael Anthony. Mm-hmm. Like, Michael Anthony, to me, makes Van Halen. And they treated him so horribly. It makes me sad. But those backing vocals are amazing and iconic. Like, yes, obviously, oh, guitar, Van Halen, guitar, we know that. But... Also, those amazing harmonies. Well, you know, we've talked about it with other groups. We've talked about it with Def Leppard. 
Uh, we've even talked about it with like when when Sambora and Bon Jovi get together and mm-hmm. you know and harmonize that that there is talent that comes into this style of music that that I think that a lot of people want to overlook who just decide well it's just rock and roll you know and it's just it's just metal there's not much that goes into it but when you hear when you and I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to bring that up on some of the stuff is is there there are some really good harmonies within the group and and backing vocals and everything they have a really good sounding now now david lee roth really he is the lead man and he really mm-hmm. sticks out but those backing vocals are very tight yes um, and 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 that's and that's something i think you know can't be overlooked now this is the is the first track on the album fair warning mm-hmm. and fair warning was released in 81 uh two times platinum it actually peaked on the charts at number five um, but I don't know that this has the the hits on it that some of the others do. Um, no, fair warning, definitely strong. Mm-hmm. But in terms of commercially, no. Like right. I, I agree. Yeah, it's it's not quite what what some of the other uh, other albums are. Um, but yeah, that's a gosh, that's a good track. That's just such a jamming track. Um, I dig it. I dig it a lot. Again, it's the it's the way it makes you feel. Um, this always makes me feel like I'm headed to the Redneck Riviera. Oh, snap. I mean, if you... I feel like you got a little lost in that. I, well, I did because I got tickled just thinking about... If, if you've never listened to the isolated vocals from this song, you must. <laughs> you can go on YouTube, you can find them, and... Oh, Those shrieks. They're so good. It's so funny. Well, I mean, because once again, it's the, Oh, yeah! That It's that stuff that he's doing there at the beginning. And... Uh-huh. And, yeah. <laughs> And it kind of gets, you know, buried under the mix and the live stuff. But when you hear it isolated, it's just really funny. It's really good. I mean, come on. If this doesn't... I know that, Kristen, you, you head over to the to the shore where you're at, even though you're no stranger to Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for, man, for me, 
it was always you hit 319 and head down to I-10 out of Tallahassee and head toward Beachfront Road and in Panama City Beach, man. And this is one of those that, as kids especially, we had to we had to crank up because you know there there's no such thing as subtlety amongst teenagers. And um, <laughs> in Panama. I mean, this is a party song. Van Halen in L.A. before they broke was the ultimate party band. Mm -hmm. They played people's backyard pool parties. Like, and this is this is kind of that at, like, its most exploited and huge and bombastic. This is it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and this is, yeah, it's definitely that party song. Even if, and you're, it's like you're right, even pool parties and stuff. Even if you're not, listen, this is a song that works even if you're not headed to Panama City Beach. And, and I'm sure they're not talking about Panama City Beach. We just always called it Panama for short, and so, <laughs> so we would, uh, we would, we would hit that mess up in Panama. Come on, bam, yeah. bam, bam, Panama. Bam. So, uh, yeah, from 1984, um, the big one. Yeah, for sure, the big one. Yeah, uh, the one, the one album that they, were, they had a number one hit on, mm-hmm. and in uh, an iconic. Gosh, that that album cover is is iconic. In, Little cherub baby. Yeah, with the cigarettes <laughs> and the James Dean do, um, for sure. And uh, yeah, that is an iconic. That's an iconic record album cover for for sure, no doubt. But uh, we'll come back to it. I guarantee you. But, Will we? Yeah, but we'll be DOA. grimy on this track aren't they a little bit of that chugging guitar sounds like a freight train just you know chugging along how about um uh, in one of those random steve confessions that come from these shows i've never like doa always means dead on arrival to me uh-huh and then as i'm listening to it here i'm like no it means dead or alive you moron for this song <laughs> You should know that from Bon Jovi, Steve, wanted DOA. No, oh, they don't say, oh, my Lanta. They don't say <laughs> wanted DOA. Well, that's a great song. It's a great song. But this is dirty and grimy, and, and old David Lee Roth's kind of down here trying to sound all bad. <laughs> a 
Trying to sound tough. Yeah. He's oh a yeah. California boy. <laughs> right. California tough. <laughs> From the mean streets. The oh, mean streets of L.A. That's right. Uh, this was actually on Van Halen too. Mm-hmm. I try. I tried to get you know a, a little wide variety. Yeah. Released in 1979 and uh, five-time platinum in the U.S. Kristen. I yep. mean, people like Van Halen when they hit, they hit big. Like there was, yeah. there's no doubt when they hit, they hit big, and and a pretty solid follow up, I think, to their first, their first album. Van Halen to a pretty solid sophomore outing from the band, uh, <laughs> Van Halen. See, I kind of like. Yes, I agree, but I also feel that Van Halen two is also kind of the Boston syndrome, mm. where the second Boston album is basically the first one, <laughs> just with new songs on it. Oh man, Jason's going to email us again. <laughs> I said no, but I get that vibe from this. It's, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Yeah. It's just not like, oh, well, this band went from pyromania to hysteria, or this band went from you know high and dry to pyromania. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a huge leap, and that's fine. Not every band right. has to have a huge leap. The right. songs are great. Yeah, yeah. It well, and it's <laughs> it's it's definitely a sequel. I mean, it, it's definitely well titled. You know. It's much better than Van Halen 3. I think we can all agree on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is no Van Halen. Yes, there is! What? With, with Gary Sharon. Oh, did, oh really? They they named the Gary Sharon album Van Halen 3? Yes. Wow. Hmm. We won't be covering that era on this podcast, by the way. Or will we? Stay tuned. Uh, yeah, we're not. Okay. No, we're not, everyone. Kristen, Kristen has decreed it. So let it, so let it be written. So let it be done. You know. D O A. Um, I'm really disappointed in myself. Why are you uh, gonna play Oh Pretty Woman? No, God no. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just don't really like this song, and I don't know what I was thinking about putting it in here. Oh God. It's from Women and Children First. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why I did this. <coughs> Rock on! Rock on! Oh, yeah! Um, <laughs> I mean, I like it okay, but given the songs that kind of drive the way that one does, I, I go running with the devil over that. They, they kind of have a similar feel to them, okay. to me. And I'm just not, uh, I don't know what I was thinking. I want I, I apologize. We all support you, Steve. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, hey, but also off of the same album is is this pick by Kristen, which will be better. It's uh, in a simple rhyme. Mm-hmm. 
That's a good song, ladies and gentlemen. It's got it's got everything you want. It's got some tight harmonies. It's got some good drums. It's got some good guitars. It's got a great picking in the middle. It's good stuff. I feel like that song is probably one of Van Halen's finest. I don't, everything's just clicking. Everything's just right. Yeah. I don't disagree with you at all. Um, <laughs> I, I really dig it. It's a better song than um, than in the Cradle of Rock. I mean, I'm not yeah. gonna disagree. Yeah. And you know what song I wanted to put? I should have put instead of Cradle of Rock, Dance the Night Away. Ooh, I'm kind of glad you picked Cradle of Rock. Really? I like Dance the Night Away. I don't like it. Okay. Well, good. <laughs> well, I'm glad you picked in a simple rhyme. It's got that cool little bass that doom do doom do doom do in the middle. It, it, you know what that song? You know what in a simple rhyme sounds like to me? What? I can hear very much the influence of the Who in that song. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, it's got a lot of the same kind of things going on there. Not saying they're ripping off the Who, anybody. Calm down. Get your fingers off the home keys. <laughs> we only want compliments emailed in. <laughs> we want to be told how smart we are and how great we are. Well, you get those, Steve. You got a love letter this past week. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. So, thanks. Um, but, uh, but yeah. So, anyhow, um, I I dig that song, by the way, and that's what that's my point. That's my point. Good times. That's also off that the aforementioned um, album. I lost it. Dang, Diver down. No, that went off a of diver down. They all came out too quick. Mm-hmm. Women and children first. Women, I was going to say women. It was all for women and children first. Um, <laughs> now, I think I think this one is off a of diver down. Five records in five years. Good Lord. Crazy. <laughs> I think this one is off a of diver down, and I make no apologies. All right. For what is about to happen here. I just want everyone to know. That it's all about fun to me, and I make no apologies for this. I mean, come on. That's some fun stuff right there. I just think of Bowie and Mick Jagger. Right. Me too. Me too. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. there. I, I'm i not going to lie, Kristen. I do enjoy the song. I do have a lot of fun with it. Um, I don't know that it's as fun as the Bowie-Mick Jagger version. <laughs> Definitely not as fun to watch. 
as the boy. Definitely fun for different reasons. Yes, yeah. But I also knew that there'd be some reaction from you when I hit play on that song. (laughs) (laughs) And as I turned to the chat, I got it. Because as soon as I hit play and it starts going, I see Kristen from Jersey in the chat at Mixer.com slash Goliverse. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, when I have Kristen calling on the Almighty, I have won the day. It's a good thing. I have won the day. Oh, beautiful. So beautiful. Um. See, you always say that you hate that you're so predictable to me. I'm pretty predictable to you too. Well, we've in been so, at this in three some, years yes, now. Yes, in some instances, you sure are. We're we're like a well-oiled machine. At here. this point, yes. Yeah, I love it. I love it so much. Um, but I do. I, listen, that is from Diver Diver Down. I do like the song. Diver Down is an interesting album. Um, it, it's a little bit different from from the other stuff. Uh. You know, it's another one of those that I, I, it's an album that I vividly remember seeing around a lot. Um, but yeah, but when you go and actually look at the listings on it and everything, it's definitely, um, you know, it's definitely not the commercial success of some of the others. No. So, um, but it's not, you know, it, 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 it feels like if you listen through it, experimental is the wrong word. Because I don't think, I don't know that in these early years they ever got experimental, but they did, they did pull out some uh, some different tools and stuff and use. Um, and you can hear, really, when you go album by album. Because I did do this, I went today and was just kind of sampling through each album a little bit. I did that yesterday. And and you can kind of hear them getting to the point where they would be with Hagar. Yes. Where 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 the synth really comes into play a lot more heavily and that sort of thing, um, especially on eighty four. Mm-hmm. And uh, and with this with this album, you know, this is the one prior to uh, eighty four. I think didn't this come out? Yeah, this was eighty two, and so eighty four came out in eighty four. Um, and, and so and you can hear it, and then they do these covers as well. They this is where Old Pretty Woman is on and Dancing in the Street. Mm-hmm. They end this album with Happy Trails. It's kind of weird. That's fun. That's fun. That's fun. Um, so, we're going to go back in time. Back in time. Back to the first album. Which so I think, good. Which I think is a good way to go. And, uh, and hit up the old Ice Cream Man. Dedicate one to the ladies. Sometimes the bay needs something to keep you cool. I now summertime said, babe, need something to keep you cool. Better look out now, though. Dave's got something for you. Tell you what it is. I'm your ice cream man. Stop me when I'm passing by. Oh, my, my. I'm your ice cream man. Stop me when I'm passing by. Sing now all my flavors are guaranteed to satisfy. Hold on a second, baby. I gotta put my banana in Dixie cups All flavors and push-ups too I'm your ice cream man, baby Stop me when I'm passing by See, now all my flavors are guaranteed to satisfy Hold on one more 
Well, I'm usually passing by just about 11 o'clock. <laughs> I never stop. I'm usually passing by just around 11 o'clock. And if you let me cool you one time, you be my regular stop. All right, boys. I put my banana pixie cups on flavors and push up to under ice cream man. Stop me with a fancy vibe. She now all my flavors can't be satisfied. Yes. I'm your ice cream man. Stop me with a fancy vibe. Good old Boogie Woogie album. Or song, rather. I love this song so much. Like, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> but like when the band kicks in and then yes. just like just Dave be, being Dave. Well, it's that classic. Uh, it's that classic boogie wiggle line. The doom 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 doom, and and just kind of you know putting the words of the, of the old ice cream man words to it and everything is. And of course, now we're we're being not challenged, but but there is the assertion that the, that Diver Down was about half covers. This is off of the first album. This is off of Van Halen. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't, and, and it's saying that this may be a cover of an old song, which it wouldn't is. surprise me. Okay. Like an old blues riff or something. Yeah, from like I, the 30s, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I could see. I can totally see that. Because back in the 30s, ice cream would have been a big deal. All I know is that when summertime hits here at the shore, the radio stations, the classic rock stations, definitely start to play this a whole lot more. Oh yeah, yeah. Nice. We got we got lots of ice cream men. We even have an ice cream man on a boat that drives by. Cool. <laughs> Has his bell, shouts ice cream. There's a there's a snow cone man that comes through the parking lot of my apartment complex, but that's cool. Well, okay, listen, there's something special about an ice cream man. Yeah, especially if it's custard. Custard's even better. So, Mr. Softy, but we okay. don't have Mr. Softy here. Okay. Well, uh, mm. So, you mean soft serve ice cream? Custard, yes. Oh, my gosh. No, it's soft serve ice cream. No, it's uh, custard. Thank no, you. Custard is completely. You know good. what else you put on them? Rainbow Jimmies. Mm-mm. Bye. No, no. Yes. Kristen, no, we will yes. not let Jimmy stand around here. Jimmy's. Mm-mm. Jimmy's. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jimmy's are an apocryphal word for sprinkles. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve is never allowed to come up to this area for a Bruce Springsteen show and hang out with me because he makes <laughs> wow. fun of Custard and Jimmy's. Steve worked at Dairy Queen. You need to get with the times and with the area. You were in South Jersey. It is Jimmy's and Custard, my friend. It's also water ice. Come at me, bro. I don't know what water ice is. You don't know what water ice is? Is that like shaved ice? No. It's so much better. Isn't water ice just ice? No. It's not like a snow cone where it's like the crystals of ice. Is it like a slushy? It is like a slushy. Okay. All right. I can accept water ice. Okay. Yeah. No, not water ice. Water <laughs> ice. I can accept water ice. There you go. Yeah. You're southern. Listen, when you hit the water, that's a lot more southern than you may think, by the way. No, I know. I yeah. mean, Steve, I'm from South Jersey. We do mm-hmm. have some of the same uh, colloquialisms. Okay. Well, we don't say water ice. We just... Because you're wrong. Right. But you say water. I do say what? Well, southerners do. I really have... I've, I've, over the past 10 years, 
though I have not, I recognize that I've not lost my southern drawl. I do try to make a make an effort to clearly pronounce the words that I say, like water. Okay. And it's syrup. just hard. I can't say it. It is. Listen, I don't. I and I don't judge people for not doing it either. I, I, I I'm not like, oh my god. It's just. It's a personal level that I hold. It's a personal standard that I hold myself to. So. Proud of you. The only number one hit of Van Halen. Oh God! Of course. With lead singer David Lee Roth. When you jump, do a toe touch like David Lee Roth. Uh, is there any other way? No, well, not if you're me. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it, man. And I tell you what, I know we're headed into fall. I know we're we're in the uh, in the dying days of August, headed into September, and summer is winding down to a close for everyone. But jump is quintessential beach music to me. It's okay. just it it is the it is the music that and understand when I go to the beach back in the day, you know, back when I lived down in in the southern part of Georgia, going to the beach meant getting up in the morning and you drive an hour and a half over to the beach. Where where well, I mean, you know, it, it's not a bad drive. You just go through the country and so you have your windows down and you're really just kicking all the tunes. And uh and you get there and you have your little boombox out on the beach with you and you just and and it's got to be party time, you know. And so, in the way in the way I party, is with all the hits of the '80s, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I mean, would we have Steve any other way? No, not at all, not at all. And I'll go ahead and disclose here on Rock Out Loud because none of the uh, radio listeners listen to us, I don't believe. But in next summer, on the Big Honkin' Show, because the Big Honkin' Show now airs live on an AM station down in Brunswick, Georgia, right on the coast there. Okay. I'm going to do, uh, and it airs on Saturday mornings and Sunday afternoons. I'm going to do the Beach Blast, the Big Honkin' Show Beach Blast Beach Party. Ooh. And and I'm, it's going to be very music heavy, playing all the, you know, big fun songs that be turn, cranked up on the beach on a Sunday afternoon. And, uh, and, and what I'm going to do in the middle of them is just start belting them out right along with them. So. I love this. <laughs> So that, you know, people are walking by someone on the beach and all of a sudden they hear Steve just, you might as well jump! That kind of stuff. So, look, again, it's, this is a, I, you know, it, it commercial success, 
uh, off the charts. And of course, this is their only number one song under Bowie. They'd have a couple with Hagar. Under Bowie? I'm uh, under Bowie. Good lord, what was that? What just happened? What just <laughs> happened? What was that? Under David Lee Roth. What just happened? <laughs> what did? What the? Wow. Who the? We all just we all just saw Steve like just have like a total Alzheimer's moment. I had a stroke or something. That was ridiculous. I feel terrible right now. I feel the horrible. The same decade, generation. I feel horrible. Anyhow. Just edit it out. Okay, go back. Okay. Say it again. Edit. They'd have more. Oh no, this is the only number one hit, as we said, under David Lee Roth. Uh, they would have more with Hagar, but um, but yeah. So it, it's look, it's jump. Come on, it's that it it is it is this it is the hugest step they could make into synth rock. This is when the rebellion starts to happen. Oh yeah, from all the from all the hardcore fans, huh? This is when people start to get uncomfortable, mm -hmm. feel betrayed a little bit. Yeah. What is he doing? He's the quote fingers greatest guitar player in the world. And he's up Where's there on a the keyboard. Where's the guitar? Yeah, and he's up there on a keyboard. Mm, dun dun dun. Well, I, I'll tell you this. This is and for some of us though, this is where we begin to really warm up to this group. <laughs> huh, I wonder who that could be. Well, that's me. <laughs> um so <laughs> So that's David. That's just and look. I think I, I will tell you this, Chris. And I'm not one to break my arm to pat us on the back, but I'm about to. I think we did a good job of of a good mix of songs. We got we hit all the albums from this era. There there was not an album missed uh, from Van Halen of this era. And um, and look, definitely, definitely an influential rock group. Definitely a a huge rock group, as we saw from the one email, especially for a lot of people. I don't know that I can go down one trick pony road with you, but I do see why you say that. Thank if, you. if that makes sense. Um, there are a lot of tricks that Van Halen would use in his playing, uh, but but I do feel like they have a pretty wide range. Even with David Lee Roth there doing his stuff, I, you know, I I think he may be a better frontman than even I give him credit for. So not if not vocally, at least with what he was willing to do, and 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 obviously, and it seemed like. Even though they were having troubles toward the end, of course, behind the scenes, it did seem like this is just a fun band. Yeah, it well, is the party band, man. Yeah, yeah. So Good times to be had. Indeed, indeed. Before we go, and and, and we've held Kristen way too long, by the way. Um, it's okay. We, I'm about 15 minutes beyond what I, I meant to be with this episode. But we want to do this. As you know, the Killers have a new album coming out soon. It's called Wonderful Wonderful. They, they've been dropping, releasing some singles off of there here and there, some tracks. And uh, what it, just today, as of recording, this one's been released, Kristen? Yep. And the, I can't wait to hear your reaction. This is the title track to Wonderful, Wonderful. It's Wonderful, Wonderful.
that's it just hmm. i mean i've got to let it sink in i, I i'm digging it I, it, it, I i expected i don't know i expected there to be a turn i guess in the song eventually um it does at the for the like the last like the bridge oh, around yeah? probably like four minutes or mm-hmm. 420 something like that when it hits like the wonderful wonder oh my god i was like yep i'm in 100 take my money okay. i mean you already right. took my money but I guess I wasn't expecting this to be a track that would be released and be like, hey, listen to this album. It's going to be awesome. I Okay, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But so when they started doing a little bit of press, like way before the record was even like announced that it would be coming out, mm-hmm. they said that the songs that they were writing and that there were some parts on this record that mm-hmm. are like the darkest things that they've ever written mm-hmm. and the heaviest things they've ever written. And I definitely think this song is one of one of the things that they were referencing it i tell I, I, okay let me tell you what it feels like it and and this is not a slight this is not a do, this is not a slamming this song and i don't want you to take it as such because you know how i feel about the thing that i'm going to put it in <laughs> this could fit in a, a dc movie the ones we've been handed oh it could because it's dark yeah. it's like edgy yeah. like it just it feels ominous yeah mm-hmm. 100%. it's it's a song that it's one of those songs that i feel like Though it would never get in rotation on the Big Honkin' Show, it's a song that I feel like will, would really grow on me before it's all said and done. I'm honestly, like, I uh, I mean, you guys know I'm excited for this record regardless, but I'm really excited to hear what this record's going to sound like because out of the songs we've gotten so far, so we've gotten Wonderful, Wonderful, which is the opening track on the record. Right. Um which goes into the other song that we've heard, The Man. Mm-hmm. Which is, that's and, a great dichotomy, by the way. Right? Talk about complete polar opposites. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've heard Run for Cover. Mm-hmm. So three very different sounding tracks. And I'm excited about that because I don't know where the album's going to go. And I like everything that I've heard. And some of the songs that I've read stories about I'm super intrigued by, like, I'm so intrigued by Some Kind of Love, and I'm so intrigued by Have All the Songs Been Written. So, 
Well, let's let's do this, man. We'll, we'll have to give it a listen when it when it drops. When does it actually drop? You know the date? Full release. September twenty second. All right. Well, we'll have to. Ooh. I don't know. If, no, I'll be okay. September twenty second. I was thinking October. If it was October twenty second, <laughs> I couldn't do it. But September twenty second, we're good to go. Boom. Got something special coming up uh, coming up in October. We'll talk more about that as we get going. Well, that's it. We gotta let Kristen go so she can get to bed. Cause Kristen just can't stay up and party like she used to, guys. Hey, I have to wake up at four fifteen <laughs> to go to the gym. Okay. <laughs> gotta stay in rocker shape. Ah. All right. Well, that's it for us. Uh, love us, hate us, otherwise. Let us hear from you. Rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. Thank you, Jason and David, for emailing in. We'd love to hear from all of you. You can email us, rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at rockoutloudpod. You can like us on Facebook as well as join up with the entire uh, Goliverse uh, on our Facebook group, Guardians of the Goliverse. Get there by going to geekoutonline.com slash group. Now, it will require you to answer some things. Uh, if in one of your answers you put, I'm here for Rock Out Loud, we'll just sli- we'll, we'll slide you right on in and uh, with no problem if you're not into the geeky stuff because Kristen does make sure to post some fun rock stuff over there and Dave will jump in on that stuff as well. want to thank everyone who's joined us live at Mixer.com slash Goliverse. If you want to support the shows, we invite you to do so. By Maybe you don't have some of the tracks that we've played or maybe you're interested in some of the stuff's coming out. Amazon Music's a great way to get your tracks. It, it's compatible. Their MP3s are compatible with just about any player you've got. And uh, you can go, if you'll go to the link, uh, the Amazon link there on geekoutonline.com or geekoutpodcast.com and then do your searching for this stuff, it helps us tremendously. Use those Amazon links. We also have Entertainment Earth links, Think Geek links, and um, all kinds of other links there to, to do some online shopping and that sort of thing with anything that may tickle your fancy. We invite you to use those links and help out the shows. If you want to support the shows directly, it's patreon.com slash geekoutloud, and we appreciate your support of the Goliverse and all of its glory. Until next time, when I don't know if we'll do, we may put off part two. Who knows? Suspense. <laughs> but until then, I'm Steve. I'm Kristen. We'll see you next time, everyone. Rock on. Rock on, guys. Bye. What she got in rock and roll and it really blew my groove. It was your fan rocks I played over. It makes me want to scream. Watch that dusty violin. Get it off. That ain't my scene. It's my favorite part of that song. <laughs>